Welcome to Heartland Christian Center Sermon of the Week. You will be able to find more Heartland sermons at hcc.ag or Heartland Christian Center YouTube channel. Please like, follow, and share this podcast with others. We hope you enjoy this week's message by our associate and student pastor, Matt Willingham. Thank you, worship team. So good to see you today here at Heartland. want to welcome you. Those of you, the real saved people that braved the weather. We the super saved people. The other ones, we're praying for them. All right, we're praying for them. And, uh, but it's so good to see you this morning. Hey, right on the seat in front of you is a little QR code. You can scan that for your sermon notes and, or maybe you brought a journal. I, I like to take notes on my iPad or my journal because I don't know about you. I had a tendency to lose the paper and stuff, but, uh, but maybe you can take notes however you see fit on your phone. If you have a Bible, I want you to go with Joshua chapter 3. We're going back to Joshua chapter 3 because I feel like there's some more that the Lord wants to say. We might even go back there next week. I don't know. This might be a three-parter. And, uh, but I want to welcome uh, Hebron and Wanata and Westville, those of you on your couch in your living room. Come on, put your hands together. Let them know the super saved people are here that love Jesus. <laughs> we love you too. And uh, so good to see all of you. Hey, before I get in my message this morning, though, I do got to just give a just give a shout out to a few people. I won't name you by name, but I appreciate some of you who reached out uh, to me and my family this past week. Uh, some of you may not have realized, but the tragedy that took place. I'm not a social media kind of person, so I don't post a lot of things uh, on my social media, but I do appreciate many of you reached out. And I thought, did we not send out an email about what happened in the family? I thought Thursday, you may not have realized Thursday, I was on a podcast with Pastor John about 4.30, we're podcasting, we're recording, and he pulls out his phone and kind of shows me the tragedy that just hit our family, and so we've been going through some things, and I just want to thank you. Nick Saban retired. I appreciate your prayers of everything we've been going through now that Alabama lost her coach, and uh, we can laugh, y'all. It's jokes. We can laugh. It's funny. Nick Saban, like, retired, and, but they got a new coach, right, and, uh, and, and Mr. DeBoer, we'll see how he shows up see if he does it. Come from Washington, he was like, I felt like Abraham looking for the sacrificial lamb, and here comes Mr. DeBoer from Washington. Alabama has a coach now. Hopefully, we'll win again. So y'all thought I was going somewhere really serious. Like, what happened to their family? It's a big deal, y'all. I crushed my heart Thursday afternoon. I was on, a, I was on an emotional roller coaster for a couple of days. A lot of you was texting me. I had people from out of town texting me. And, uh, but hey, it's good to see you. Go to Joshua chapter 3. Y'all don't want to laugh this morning. Let's go to Joshua chapter 3. Just getting a message. Joshua chapter 3. We're going to go back to where Pastor Phil had us last week as we kind of kick off 2024. And we talked about limitless living. What does it look like in this year, in 2024, as we start this series of limitless living? What are some things that God wants to do? And, and he even shared last week uh, what he what he shared with us, a prophetic word that he feels like for our church, that this year was going to be a, a time for our church, for your life uh, personally, that there was going to be a shift, there was going to be some change, and there was going to be transformation. And I think a lot of times in our life, those are the things that need to happen when it comes to this limitless living. But in Joshua chapter 3, we're going to pick up in verse 5, and we'll read through verse 14 this morning. It says, Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. And Joshua said to the priests, take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on ahead of the people. So they took it up and went ahead of them. And the Lord said to Joshua, today I will begin 
to exalt you in the eyes of all of Israel, so they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. So tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan's waters, go and stand in the river. Circle that, underline it if you've got your version app. Underline that somewhere if you're, riding, if you're uh, reading along in your Bible. Go stand in the river. And Joshua said to the Israelites, come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. This is how you will know that the living God is among you. This is how you will know that the Lord is with you, that he will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the, the Perizzites, the uh, Jergashites, the Amorites, and the Jebusites. See, the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. Now then, choose 12 men from the tribe of Israel, one each from each tribe. And as soon as the priests, verse 13, as soon as the priests who carry the Ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, set foot in the Jordan, its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Let's pray one more time. God, thank you for your goodness. Lord, thank you for your grace and mercy. God, thank you for your safety, God, as we got out this morning to come into your house. God, at every location, God, here at Valpo, God, thank you, Lord, for the technology that allows us to do what we do to present your word to those who couldn't make it in today. And God, I just pray, Lord, over these next few moments as we look in your word, God, that you would open our eyes, our ears, our hearts, our minds to what it is you have for us today. God, that you would challenge and, every, and change every one of us in this place. God, let us leave different than how we were when we walked in. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on, everybody said amen. 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 Limitless living. If I had a title for today's message, it would be wet feet. Wet feet is what I'd be talking about, limitless living. We see Joshua and we see the nation of Israel going through some things, and they kind of come to a fork in the road. They come to a place in their life where, where God is about to do something incredible in their life. He's about to take them to another level. They're about to inherit what he promised the generations before. They're about to inherit what was said was going to be theirs as they left out of slavery out of Egypt. This is the moment of their life where the, the lid is about to be busted off. Again, as we said last week, this year, when it comes to limitless living, what, what is it in our own life that the Holy Spirit needs to shift? What is it that he needs to change? What is it that needs to transform? Is it our way of thinking? Is it, is it our way of living? Is it something that God wants to do different than us? And when I look at the text, I look at, let me talk to you this morning about the method of the miracle that takes place. We look in our text this morning, the Bible, the Bible tells us in Joshua 3 and 8 that Joshua looks, he says, and, and the Lord says to Joshua, tell the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan's waters, go stand in the river. Now, now what's so crazy about this particular miracle to me, I don't know about you, I don't know how many of you, we, we read the Bible and we keep up. Does it sound a little bit familiar to another story in the nation of Israel, a body of water that needs to be moved? Come on, wave at me if you know what I'm talking about, right? So, so, so here is the nation of Israel, and, 
And But this is what's so crazy. Let me take you back and give you the history now. The nation of Israel, they come out of Egypt. God says, you're going to be freed. You're going to inherit this land. And so they come out of the, the Egypt, out of slavery, and, and they begin this pilgrimage. They begin this journey. And if you know the story, you've read it. They start complaining, right? And they're like, man, why is all of this stuff happening? Why is it taking forever? I don't know what their complaints was, but, but they were angry and they were complaining. And because of their planning, they get sent out in the wilderness for how long? If you know the story. 40 years, right? They're out in the wilderness. They're wandering. 40 years, a whole generation dies. In 40 years, new people are born. There's some babies born. Go read, go read the Bible. Read history. So, so we know that some people have passed away. We know that some new people have been born. We know that this is after the Red Sea incident, right? Come on, you know the story of the Red Sea where, where Moses goes up and, and Moses, the mighty man of God, raises his staff. And as he raises his staff, this wind blows and boom, parts the Red Sea. Come on, you've seen it. You've seen it on the, on the, on the movies, right? The, the, the Red Sea gets parted and Moses walks across and the nation of Israel walks across. And then after they walk across, the waters come back together and it drowns all of, all of the army. It drowns all the horses, the chariots, right? All of those people get passed away. The enemy can no longer pursue them. So we know they, they've seen a miracle before, but this miracle is different. Matter of fact, some of the older people that was there at the Red Sea, they're not even there anymore. Matter of fact, some younger people that have been born, right, so there's some new kids that have been born that have grown up, they didn't even see the Red Sea. They just heard stories. They've heard about it from maybe a mom and dad. Now the people that are adults, they were teenagers. This is how I read the Bible. I put myself in the story. The people that were teenagers are now adults, and they remember the Red Sea, and they're telling the other people about the Red Sea. But here's this, here's this whole new generation. Moses is dead. We talked about it last week. He's no longer the leader. Now here's Joshua that steps up. And this is what I've come to understand. This is what I'm going to tell you this morning. It is when it comes to my relationship with Christ, there's not a cure-all formula that fixes everything. Come on, talk to me this morning. Let's be, we're here. We might as well have some fun. There, there, there's, no, there's, no, uh, there's no prayer that just fixes it all. If it was, we would use that prayer in a heartbeat, right? There, there's no fix-all. I remember growing up. My dad had a cure-all remedy. Anybody grow up with parents that had like one thing that they thought fixed everything? Like for my dad, it was Alka-Seltzer. Anything you had wrong, you wake up, you're like, oh, dad, I'm feeling nauseous today. I don't know if I want to go to school. Here, son, take an Alka-Seltzer in the water. It was nasty in the first place. I don't know how he took, made me take it. Oh, dad, my head hurts. Hey, son, take this Alka-Seltzer. It'll make your head feel better. Dad, my sinuses, they just take this Alka-Seltzer. I'm like, I don't, dad, my back hurts. Son, you just need this Alka-Seltzer. It'll fix that back right up. And I'm like, I don't think that's how it works, dad, right? Come on, you have a parent, anybody got a remedy like that? And, and, but listen, this, it's the same way when it comes to Christ. We oftentimes think, well, well, it's just this cure-all prayer or it's this cure-all formula. Because watch, let me take you back. When God parts the Red Sea, he uses Moses and a staff and a wind. That's how he parted the Red Sea. Go read the story. In Exodus chapter 14, Moses comes up, stretches the staff, boom, the wind goes, the Red Sea gets parted. And, 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 but this time, it, it's, it's different. The miracle is the same, but the method looks a little bit different. And listen, write this down in your notes. When it comes to living a limitless life, you and I must be open to strategies that we've never seen before. Oh, hear me this morning. I'm going to help you. 
when it comes to really fulfilling everything that God has for us, when it comes to stepping into the promises that God has declared Let me say it like this. I wrote it down in my notes like this. It's not in yours, but you can write it down if you want. I've come to understand that God is stable, but he is not stale in my life. Let, let me say it again. God is stable, but he is not stale. The Bible says that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the same. Everybody say he is the same. But he's not stale. He, he, he's different. It works different. It looks different. And oftentimes, I get, stressed, I get frustrated in my own life. Oftentimes, I get upset with God. Oftentimes, I find myself becoming afraid, becoming anxious, because it looks different than how I did last time. Because he's calling me to do something different than what I did last time. God's personality, listen, hear me this morning, church. God's personality never changes in our life. God's promises never change in our life, but his processes oftentimes look different. We've heard it before. Another level brings another devil. Come on. Another level brings another devil, right? You ever been there before in your life? where you feel like things are progressing and you're like, man, I feel like my walk with God is good. I feel like I'm progressing in my, in my Christian faith. I feel like my journey. And then it seems as if like the moment you start to really pursue things, it's almost like the devil attacks you in a whole new way. Come on, you ever been there before? You're like, my life was good until I started going to church. My, my finances was okay until I started really stepping out and trusting God and tithing. I mean, I felt like I had a good control of my calendar until I really started to serve and get in a small group. What is that? Another level in your life brings another devil oftentimes because he's not happy with your progress. He's not happy with the steps you're making. But this is what I've often discovered in my own life. Another level of difficulty brings a new dimension of discovery of who God is in my life. Another a level of difficulty means that oftentimes I see a new dimension, I see a new aspect. Again, God's the same. He doesn't change, but his methods do. Just because the storm, listen, hear me this morning. I don't know who this is for. Just because the storm looks the same doesn't mean his response is always going to be. You don't believe me? Y'all are looking at me like I'm crazy. This week, write down Matthew chapter 8. I'll give you Bible to back it up. Matthew chapter 8, the disciples are in a boat, and a storm, a storm shows up. And Jesus is in the boat sleeping. And the disciples are freaking out. They finally go down and they wake Jesus up. They say, Jesus, don't you care that we're going to perish? Like this storm is going on with the water is splashing in. Don't you care? And the Bible says that Jesus wakes up and he goes up. He's like, listen, y'all, I don't know why y'all tripping right now. Y'all know who's here and, and, and y'all are freaking out for no reason. And he speaks to the winds and the waves and immediately the, the storm dies down. Matthew chapter 8. Go a few more chapters, write it down, Matthew chapter 14, and go read this week in Matthew chapter 14. The disciples are in the boat again. Another storm comes up, and guess what? But Jesus is not there sleeping. But does he just leave them out to dry? 
Come on, y'all, y'all read the story. Does he really leave him out to dry? He, the Bible says he shows up walking on the water. He's like, y'all thought you was on your own, but I got you. I know it looks different, but I'm still here. I know I'm not sleeping. Now I'm walking on the water. And he comes to him walking on the water. And immediately when he gets in the boat, he speaks again. Watch. Same storm, same place, different response. And hear me this morning, when it comes to limitless limitless living, you and I have to understand that just because it's different doesn't mean it's bad. Just because it's different doesn't mean he can't work. Just because it looks different doesn't mean he is not powerful. Just because I'm going through a new issue that looks a little bit the same and the response might be different doesn't mean that he's lost control. Let me talk to you about life. Marriage 20 years later looks different than when the first year. Come on, that's too much of a loud amen for some of y'all. Come on, right? It's not bad, but it's different. And watch, my wife and I, we have conversations about this all the time, and she keeps me in check. And I'm going to be honest with you, I struggle with just the calendar and everything going on that we don't take time, but she always makes sure that we take time. So if, if I date, if I try to date the same way in 20 years of marriage that I did the first year of marriage, I'm going to find myself getting frustrated. Because why? Now we got kids. Now we got a calendar. Now jobs, like things, things in life, right? And I'm not saying the dating is not important, but it looks different. Raising a teenager looks different than raising a toddler. <laughs> Come on, say amen if you got a teenager. I, I wasn't, before I had teenagers and I was just the youth pastor of teenagers, I'm like, why do parents struggle so hard with teenagers? These are great kids. They love Jesus. I don't even know how they do anything wrong. Now I got three teenagers, and I see why y'all be calling me sometimes like, you better fix this kid because something's wrong with this teen. I get it now. I get it. Right? But watch. The same God who gives you the resources to raise those as toddlers is the same God that gives you the resources to raise them as teenagers. The same God who gives you the, the, the wisdom in a marriage that is a year old or five years old is the same God that helps you navigate the issues of marriage 20 years later. Just because the, the situation is, is not so much what you were looking for, or just because his response looks a little bit different, it's the same miracle, it's just a different method. And watch, because I won't shift my mindset of how it looks, I'm, I'm waiting for God to part the waters when he's waiting for me to step out in the middle of the flood. Come on. I'm waiting for God to show up and bring a Moses and raise his staff and part the waters so I don't get wet at all. But God's like, I'm challenging you. This is different. You're going to have to step out in it this time. You're going to have to step out into the waters. Your feet are going to have to get a little wet in this instance. When, when Israel crossed over the Jordan River, it wasn't because of this obedient leader that stretched out an arm and that God brought the winds. It was, it was because of the obedient feet of the people that was willing to step out in it. And listen, hear me this morning. I've come to encourage you and I've come to challenge you that unless we are willing to obey God and step out in faith and obey his word, God will never be able to open the way for us. Because while we're waiting, God's like, you should be walking right now. While we're waiting for the seas to part, God's like, I'm not, I'm not bringing a wind in this instance. I, I want this, this one is going to look different. The method is going to be a little different in this miracle. So I don't know what it is in your facing this morning. I don't know what it is that you came in going through. It's the same problem. It's like, Pastor, man, I've been here before. 
My, my marriage has been here before. I'm, I'm raising these kids. It, it looks the same. I'm, this financial issue that I'm going through, this mindset that I have, it's the same problem. Is it, is it maybe this year God's saying, if you want this limitless life, you've got to be open to a different method. Maybe, maybe it's, it's time for you to open up and, and let some other people in your life. You've been battling this issue on the inside, and, and, and you've been trying to do it on your own, but it's time to get some good people around you that can speak life into you. You've been, you've been trying to do this, 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 this thing on your own, but it's time to let some people with wisdom speak into your life. I don't know what it is, but hear me this morning. If we're not careful, we will find ourselves limiting our own life, not because God is not able, but because we're not willing and available to step out when he asks us to. So it's the method of the miracle. It's the same problem. It's the same issue, but the method is a little bit different. And then we see as if that's not challenging enough. I could just imagine if I take you back to the text. Now, we only got one service this morning. That means I get double the time to preach, right? Is that true? So, no, I'm, I'm messing. <laughs> Joshua. He orders the people of Israel, he orders the camp to move. If you go study history, it's about a 10-mile journey that they're about to head to the Jordan River. And he orders everybody to go. Roughly about a million people, that historians will tell us, about a million people is what the nation of Israel represented at this point in time. They've come out of the wilderness. A whole generation has died off. Again, don't forget the context. A whole generation has died off. Moses is dead. Here's this new leader. Some people have seen the Red Sea. Some people have only heard about it. They never experienced it themselves because they were born in the wilderness and they've grown up. And so they make this 10-mile journey to the Jordan. And again, I can just imagine, right? Again, this is how I read the Bible. I can imagine the people as they're going to the Jordan River, maybe some of those people who was at the Red Sea, they're starting to tell everybody around them, oh, snap. I know what's going to happen, y'all. I know what's going to happen. Because I, I, I remember last time when we went to this body of water, the Red Sea, you weren't there because you just got born in the wilderness. But let me tell you about the story. And it was lit. It got crazy, y'all. We stood back. Moses took this staff, stretched it up in the air, and, and like this wind, and like, oh, snap. I know what's about to happen. Jordan River, y'all. It's going to get your phones ready. You're going to want to put this on Snap. You're going to want to get this on your Instagram reel. Like, it's going to be amazing. Make sure you get your phones out. I can imagine as they're making this 10-mile journey, the conversation that's going on. History tells us that it probably took, about a, it took them about a day to make the journey. They rested another day. Then on the third day, they arrived to the Jordan River. And as they get to the Jordan River, though something's different. Let me, let me talk to you about the motivation of the miracle in the story. In verse 15, the Bible says, now the Jordan and Pastor mentioned this last week, but I want to I dig into it this morning. That the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest. Just, I'm going to stop right there. Here, here they are, they're making this 10-mile journey. The generation that has died off is no longer, there's a few people left. There's some people left that have seen the Red Sea. Maybe they were just kids. Maybe they were just teenagers when they, part, when they crossed the Red Sea. So now they're telling the next generation, yo, I remember what happened. The Red Sea, it was crazy. We got there. And, and now they show up to the Jordan River, and the Bible says the Jordan River is at flood stage. And so I don't know, this is how I think. I believe, uh-oh, this looks a little bit different. The Red Sea wasn't as crazy looking when we rolled up. My, 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 my question that I ask myself, and when I read the text, 
What was their motivation to step in? I think that's a good question. Would you agree? Did they show up to a body of water thinking maybe it's going to look like the last time? It's in flood stage. It looks totally different. So what was the motivation? Write it down, write it down, and then we're going to unpack it. Write this down. Living in the limitless is being able to focus on the right thing. In 2024, if we're going to take the limits off of our life, relationally, financially, emotionally, spiritually, God wants to do greater things than what he's ever done. We got to be able to focus on the right thing. Uh, I don't know about you if you've ever been around any crazy body of water, but I'll never forget. It was September 2020, a month that my life was ever changed, a month that I realized that my brother-in-law, Alan, who I love dearly, is a liar and doesn't tell me the truth. He gets this great idea and gets Pastor John, my best friend, even turns his back on me, and Pastor James, another best friend. They're all concluded. I think, I think it was, I think it was, I think they were all uh, just conspiring something against me. I'm just going to lay it out there. I've come to terms that this is what I think. They say, hey, guys, we should take a whitewater rafting trip. I'm like, bet. 2020? Come on, we remember what was going on, right? We try to forget. I was like, I've been stuck up in this house with these crazy kids way too long. Like, let's go. Guy's trip. He's like, we're going to fly to West Virginia. We're going to go on a whitewater rafting trip. I'm like, I am down. Now, listen, guys, I've been whitewater rafting before. I grew up in North Alabama, and my youth pastor there, we would go up to Tennessee. We would whitewater raft the Nantahaley River. We'd whitewater raft the Ocoee River. Uh, we lived in North Carolina for about six months in Asheville, North Carolina, beautiful city right up in the mountains. And, and we didn't have a youth group, but we had a Sunday school, Sunday school class of a bunch of young men. And there were oftentimes after Sunday school that we would leave church. Um, we'd leave Sunday school, church. We'd leave after church. And there were some beautiful whitewater rapids in North Carolina that we'd go rapid on. I've been in Colorado. Y'all, I've been out west, and I've been on some beautiful rapids. So when we get to the river, right, show me, the, like, look at this. This is beautiful, right? This is after the first half day of whitewater rafting that we get there. And, and look, at, look at this beautiful scenic thing. I mean, that's gorgeous. Uh, look at this next photo. Now, now look at this rock. I, I don't know if you can see it. Let me go back to the screen. You might lose me. But do you see a, a water line right here? Do you see that? And the reason you, you see that water line is because that's how much the water has dropped off. Because there's a dam up the river that they control and they turn the water on to make the water more crazy. They shut the water off to make the water more calm. This looks like fun water to me. I can have fun in that water. I can ha-ha in that water. We can laugh. We can splash around with the paddles. I don't know. Guys, this is what the whitewater rafting, show them that. This is what the whitewater rafting looked like. That is not, that is not whitewater rafting. That is your life in danger is what I call that. And, and so what would happen, they would turn the water on, and it would turn into this. They would shut the water off. Go back to the rock photo. They would shut the water off. It turned into this. Like, I can, I can raft in this. Turn it back. I almost died. I'm not joking. My brother-in-law says I'm, I'm, I'm stretching the truth. I almost died. Pastor John had to save me in this. I, almost, I tried to leave the whitewater rafting trip. I couldn't even find a trail nowhere to walk up out the woods. That's how they get you in West Virginia. Like, I, I couldn't, I couldn't. You say, why are you talking about whitewater rafting? Look at this next photo. Here's the Jordan River. Look how beautiful, how scenic. That's amazing. I'll cross that Jordan River in a heartbeat, right? 
Like, come on, I'll take the Ark of the Covenant and I'll cross. But this is the Jordan River in flood stage. Well, look, this is the real story. Look at this. That's the Jordan River in flood stage. Now, I don't know about you. This is just me. I ain't getting that water, y'all. I ain't getting that water. I'm just telling you. Y'all, y'all can act as spiritual as you want to act. I am not stepping foot in that water. I don't care the Ark of the Covenant, the presence of God. Praise God is with me. I ain't, getting in that, I ain't getting in that water with nothing on my shoulders, right? But watch this. But watch, watch. I'm laying it out. If you study the Jordan River, it it's really gets its name because it's called the Descender. Because it actually descends over, it, it kind of has this, this current that once it passes the Sea of Galilee that, it actually travels about 27 horrible rapids and cascades. 27. I don't know how many was on the, uh, the, the, the Gali River, but there's a lot. I got a map in my office. I can show you right where I fell out the first time, and I wanted to get out the trail. I can show you where I fell out the second time, and I screamed like a little girl, and I said, John, don't let me go, and I ain't even joking. He's like, look me in the eyes the whole time, Matt. I got you. Like, I, can, I can show you all of those things, right? Y'all think, that's not jokes, that's the truth. Y'all think I'm telling jokes. So it takes this name, right? It falls about 1,000 feet. During most of the river, during most of the year, the Jordan River is about 100 feet wide. About 100 feet wide. But come flood season, it turns into about a mile wide of just powerful current water. And this, look, watch this. When you read Hebrews chapter 11, let me get you back to the text. It's not just about whitewater rafting today. Hebrews chapter 11, when you read the text, it's the great faith chapter. Come on, you've read it before. By faith, Abraham. By faith, Joshua. By faith, Moses. When, when you read Hebrews chapter 11, you discover that the people there, they all did something that, because they believed in God. But watch, that faith wasn't a passive feeling. It was an active force that made them step out on something. You go read Hebrews chapter 11. It says, by Abraham, believed God. And because he believed God, the Bible says he left Ur and he headed for Canaan. He did something because of his faith. And then it tells you, by faith, Moses. It'll say, Moses believed God. And then because he believed God, he defied the gods of Egypt. We know the story. He led the nation of, of Israel out of slavery into freedom. But Gideon, because he believed God, he, he led this small band of Jews. All of those things, because they believed God, their faith caused them to step out and do something. What am I trying to say is living faith, living by faith, living by faith in a limitless life will always cause us and challenge us to step out and do something in action. But here's the problem. I call it like this. I call it the anxiety of revelation. That's what I call it. Of this, I know what God says, but I know what I see. Come on, talk to me this morning. Joshua, I, I know what you said, that when we get to the Jordan River, the priests are going to step out in it, but I know what I see. Joshua, I, I know what you said, but after we've been making this 10-mile journey, and I've been listening to my parents tell the story of what happened at the Red Sea, and it sounded amazing, but now that I'm here, oh, snap, I don't know if God can do that. The, the Jordan River was so flooded, it actually didn't even have a bank. It just kind of, you've ever been around a flood area? The water just goes wherever it wants to go. There, there's no containing it. There's no, there's no just, just kind of trying to keep it anywhere. And watch this. Joshua did not give the people of God a religious pep talk. 
Joshua did not give them, uh, you know, like, hey, guys, come on, we can do it. But watch, what did he do? What did he do? He reminded them of the promises of God. He said, this is how you're going to know. He reminded them of the word of God. He reminded them of what the Lord had spoke over these people. And listen, oftentimes in my life, the miracle happens when I respond in faith, not by what I see, but what God has said. Not by what my circumstances seem to be, not by what seems to be surrounding me. And oftentimes, I think unless we step out by faith and get our feet wet, unless we step out by faith in spite of what we see, in spite of what it sounds like, in spite of what other people may be feeling, in spite of the anxiety, unless we step out by faith and get our feet wet, we're not only, we're not only likely to not do much for God, but we won't make much progress for God. Because the progress didn't come until they stepped out. And oftentimes, hear me this morning, I don't know what it is in your life that you came in, and I know, and we can be honest, it looks like a flood in front of you. Like, Pastor Matt, you don't understand financially. It looks like a flood. You don't understand in my marriage right now. It looks like a flood. I know in our culture today, if you listen to the news, if you listen to everything on social media, it looks like a flood. But I think God is calling some people, some men, some women, some young men, some young women to step onto that campus, to step into your job, to step into that city and say, I know it looks like a flood. I know it seems like the waters are raging. I know it seems like life is unfailing. I know it seems like things are chaotic and are out of control, but when I take the presence of God that is inside of me and what's on the inside that is greater than the outside, as I begin to step out into those rivers, as I begin to step out into those waters, the God of miracles will move again on my behalf, and we'll see amazing things happen in our life. Listen, hear me this morning. Joshua talks to his people, and I can just imagine. Put yourself in the priest now. We know probably four priests carried the Ark of the Covenant, one on each end of the pole. And the Bible says that once the priest, plural, not singular, stepped foot in the water, that that's when the water parted. And that's when the water stopped. I can imagine the priest, right? Like, oh, snap, this is about to happen. And kind of looking over like, you good? I'm good. You good? I'm good. Don't let go. You don't let go of me. I ain't going to let go of you. Don't let go of his presence. And I can imagine him. Like, I don't know. This is how I see it. Like, okay, hold up. Hold up. Let me just think about this. Let me just think about this. Joshua, you sure you're not supposed to stand and stretch out something? And like, you sure we got to step? Okay, we got to step. Okay, cool. Okay, cool. You ready? I'm ready. You ready? Okay, okay. But Joshua, are you sure you heard God? Like, because last time we were here, it looked different. Last time we was here, God just showed up and did it. Are you sure we got to step in it to get there? Come on. And if we're not careful, a lot of time, watch, we see the flood, we know what God said, and we, some of you this morning, you're standing right on the edge of your inheritance. You're standing right on the edge of your breakthrough. You're standing right on the edge of your freedom. You're standing right on the edge of that lost kid coming back home. You're standing right on the edge of reconciliation coming in your life. And you, but you, all you see is the flood, and you're like, I, just, I don't know if I can step in that. I, I, Pastor Matt, you don't know how, how strong, I don't know how strong the current is. You don't know how the, strong the current is. And, and, and maybe, maybe you've even got it, and you're like, no, I can't do it. I can't do it. 
But watch, when they begin to step, come on, Pastor Lindsay, I'm almost done. As they begin to step, this is what I love. The Bible says that as the priest, plural, means all four of them. This is where I read the Bible. If you get a different answer theologically, come teach me. But this is where I read the Bible, that as the priest stepped in, that means all four of them got to be in. Means we got one here, one here, two there, two there. That means these first two got to go a little bit deeper. But as they all step in, the water begins to stop. And watch, the more they step, the more the water recedes. We want God to recede the water, and then we'll step out. But, but the more they step, the more the water goes back. The more they step, the more the water goes back. It begins to pile up, step, pile up, step, pile up. And so the Bible says that they're standing in the middle of the Jordan River on dry ground. I'm going to talk more about that next week. Part two. You got to come back to your part two. It says they're in the middle of the Jordan on dry ground. Nobody else has come out yet. It's just the priests. It's just the people stepping out in faith. They're in the middle. How did they get in the middle of the Jordan River on dry ground? You know how? One step at a time. One step at a time. One step at a time, like when they didn't know, is it going to work this time? One step at a time. All right, the water keeps moving. All right, keep going. The water keeps moving. All right, keep going. The water keeps moving. To when they're in the middle on dry ground. They're standing there, and then the people get to cross over. We're going to talk more about I'm going to come back to this text next week. When you go back and you look at the, the history of Israel, and you study the, cro- the crossing of the Red Sea, it's a picture of, of the believer being delivered from the bondage of sin. That's, that's the picture we get from the Red Sea. That's what it represents, the nation of Israel coming out of slavery. It's the picture that God has the power to cross over and get you across from the bondage of the Red Sea uh, of sin. That's what the Red Sea represents. But the Jordan River, if you go study, this is the last thing that is in their way. Now, we know they're going to have battles, the walls of Jericho. We know all of this stuff is coming. But this is the last huge obstacle that's going to keep them from inheriting the promise that God gave them. And so watch, the crossing of the Red Sea, it's an identification of the believer being delivered from sin. The crossing of the Jordan is this picture of the believer, watch this, claiming their inheritance through Christ Jesus. And so watch, I can be free from sin. Now hear me this morning, I'm going to free you up. And I'm glad I'm free from sin, but still not inherit everything God has for me. Because watch, what, what are we talking about? A limitless living. I can be sinless and still not be limitless. Thank God for his salvation. Thank God for Jesus Christ dying on the cross. But when I read my word, the Bible says this, that all of God's promises are what? Yes and amen through Christ Jesus. Not just I'm free from sin, but I can step into everything that he has for me that I can step into his goodness and his fullness, his grace, his mercy, that I don't have to have bondage, I don't have to have fear, I don't have to have anxiety, I don't have to have worry. So just because, oh, I'm glad I came out of Egypt, but listen, I'm trying to get to the promised land this morning. I'm glad that no longer I'm bound in sin, but I'm trying to step into the inheritance that God has. I want everything that he has for me. I want his blessings over my marriage, over my kids, over my finances, over our church, over our city. I don't know about you. I'm glad that he brought me from Egypt, but oh, I'm ready to get the inheritance. I'm ready to claim everything that he has for me. And hear me this morning. 
This year in Limitless Living, whatever has been trying to keep you from where you are going, God doesn't want to just part it. This is what I love about the Jordan River. The Red Sea, he parted. You know what he did at the Jordan River? He shut the water off. <laughs> he, he made it stop flowing. And I believe that this year in Limitless Living, God doesn't want to just part your problem. God doesn't want to just part your bondage. God doesn't want to just part your fear. God doesn't just want to part your anxiety. God doesn't want to part the things that you're going through. God says, what's been trying to keep you from getting your inheritance? I'm not going to part it. I'm going to stop it. I'm going to cut it off. I'm going to stop those things that have been holding you back. I'm going to stop those things that have been keeping you from claiming everything that I have. But hear me this morning. What will you focus on, though? Because that's what changed them. I'm almost done, I'm almost done, I'm almost done. What, what they focused on is what allowed them to step into the waters. Joshua, I'm almost out of time, gave him a prophecy. It was a prophetic word. We're going to get to the Jordan River and we're going to step out. So they heard, here watch, they heard the prophetic, but when they got to the Jordan River, they saw the problem. So they had a decision to make. Will I listen to the prophetic or will I look at my problems? And I've come to declare to you this morning that listen, I don't care how great the problems may seem. I don't care how strong the floods may look. I don't care how rapid the waters may be in your life. You have a God that is greater, that is stronger, that is more powerful than anything that you face. So our motivation this morning, write it down. Will I focus on the waters or will I focus on his word? Will I focus on what I see or will I focus on what he said? Will I focus on the problems or will I focus on the prophecy? And when I focus on what he said, I have the faith and the willingness and the ability because he gives it to me to step even though it's uncomfortable to step even though my feet are getting a little wet to step because I know he's stopping it to step because I know he's cutting it off to step because I know it's not going to harm me to step because I know it ain't going to damage me to step because I know my breakthrough is coming to step because I know I'm free to step because I know the inheritance that he has for me what is it this morning come on I want you to stand what is it this morning that you're going to focus on? Whatever is it this morning that you are looking at? Maybe you come in this morning, maybe you're watching online, and you came in and you've just been looking at the flood. You've been looking at the waters that are raging. You've been looking at the circumstances that seem uncontainable. But listen, God says, if you lean into my word and don't focus on the waters, verse 16, it says, the water, boom, stopped flowing couldn't hurt them. Piled up in a heap. Ten miles away, some people say, is how far the city was. How do you get in the middle this morning? You're standing at the edge. How do you get in the middle? Just step one step at a time. I don't know what it is in your life. Come on, I want you to step. I want you to close your eyes. And in a moment, I'm going to ask you to step as a sign of faith. And I don't know what it is this morning that you came in this morning. Thank you for listening to Heartland Christian Center Sermon of the Week. If you would like to partner with us and give, please go to hcc.ag and click to give tab. Please like, follow, and share this podcast with others. Also, if you have a prayer request or want to contact Heartland, please email us at pastorphil at hcc3d.com. Have a blessed week.